In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. We will continue uh, tonight our Bible study from Psalm 18, starting from verse 37 to the end of the psalm. Uh, this psalm is a psalm of victory and triumph. David is praising God for that God supported him against his enemies. Whether he means like King Saul and Absalom, his son, who wanted actually to take the kingdom from him, or against his enemies, his spiritual enemies, the devil and all the soldiers of the devil. So from verse 37, he is speaking about uh, God gave David victory over his enemies. So this victory came from God, not from himself. In verse 37, he said, I have pursued my enemies and overtaken them. Neither did I turn back again till they were destroyed. So David, from verse 37, he is celebrating best victories that God gave him against his enemies. So he's saying, I did not only defeat my enemies, but also I had the strength to follow and chase them. I have pursued my enemies and overtaken them. So defeating them was considered a victory. But again, to chase them and to follow them, it's another victory. So he had complete success and absolute triumph. And he did not return back. As he said, neither did I turn back again till they were destroyed. So he was not driven back, nor he was weary or exhausted or compelled to give over the mission. But he continued to destroy them completely. So he believed that God gave him victory over these enemies. St. Augustine, on this verse, he reflected on it spiritually. So he said, what are my enemies? It's like the carnal affliction, the lust of the flesh. So he said, I will not overcome just only the temptation, but I will follow up my carnal affections and will not be seized by them, but I will seize them so that they may be consumed. I will not turn. I will never give my back again and give up on myself till they fail, till they completely destroyed. And from this purpose, which is destruction of the carnal affection, I will not turn myself to rest till they fail who make a tumult about me. This how St. Augustine reflected on verse 37. Verse 38, I have wounded them so that they could not rise. They have fallen under my feet. So I have wounded them 
they cannot arise, mean I destroyed them completely. Uh, they have fallen under my feet, means they were cast down to the ground, uh, so that David can trade upon their necks. And this was actually the manner of the conquerors. As you read in Deuteronomy chapter 33 and Joshua uh, chapter 10, when a king uh, defeat his enemy, he actually literally trample over their necks. But again, this verse has a prophetic meaning. This verse refers to the Lord Jesus Christ, who actually destroyed our spiritual enemies and defeated them. He crushed Satan under his feet. And also in our uh, chanting and hymns, we say, O Jesus Christ, who crucified on the cross, crushed Satan under our feet. So the destruction of our spiritual enemies is complete. Uh, we may rejoice over sin, death, and hell as disarmed. God disarmed these enemies. So sin has no power over me. Death has no power over me. Hell has no power over me. This became disabled by our conquering uh, Lord. And since the Lord Jesus Christ conquered the devil, his victorious death and resurrection are the grounds for my personal victory over sin. That's why if you want to defeat any sin, while you did not die with Christ and rise with him, you cannot. We die with Christ and we rise with him in baptism. But also in repentance, it is death and resurrection with Christ every day. So through carrying our cross and following the Lord Jesus Christ, we can defeat our personal enemies, which are sin, death, and hell. Verse 39. For you have armed me with the strength for the battle. You have subdued under me those who rose up against me. Uh, again, he repeats what he mentioned in verse 32 that God is the one who made David victorious. That's why David gives God the whole praise of his great achievements and victories. For you have armed me with his strength for the battle. And in the New Testament, we read in Ephesians chapter 6 about the whole armor of God. And St. Paul is asking us to put on the whole armor of God in order to be defeat, in order to be able to defeat Satan. So when we say you have armed me with the strength, we are not speaking about uh, carnal uh, weapons. Our weapons are not carnal. Our weapons are spiritual. And the psalmist attributes his success to the Lord. The Lord who subdued the sins of his people. Now sin has no power over me. I can actually defeat the sin. The Lord who subdued all other enemies, 
under our feet, Satan, hell, death, death, and also the Lord made the enemies of the Son, Son of God, his footstool, as we read in Psalm 110, verse 1. Verse 40, you have also given me the necks of my enemies, so that I destroyed those who hated me. You have given me the necks of my enemies has two meanings. Uh, either means God made his enemies turn their backs upon him in flight, so he may bring them back to Christ or to subjection, to, to faith. So, giving me the necks of, of enemies after they were uh, running, now they turn it back and actually he uh, brought them to God. Or the opposite meaning, God had made them turn their backs and flee, run away from him. So giving me the next, either by coming to me and they subdued to me, became submitted to me, or giving me the next means they run away from me. David must not be supposed to speak from personal animosity when he said, uh, so that I destroyed those who hated me. It is not uh, personal animosity. But David is the king of the people of God. And because he is the king of the people of God, has responsibility to protect them and to deliver them from their enemies because he is the representative of God. He took his kingdom from God not from human being. So by doing this, he is protecting the people of God from their enemies. Verse 41, They, my enemies, cried out, but there was none to save, even to the Lord, but he did not answer them. Cried out, in the first part of the verse, cried out to different gods, to false gods, but there was none to save. Then when they found no of these gods answered them, they turned it back to the Lord, not in repentance, but out of constraint. But that's why the Lord did not answer them. So his enemies looked to see if there were any near God at hand to help and deliver them. They cried out for help, for mercy, for life. They cried in their distress because of the anguish of their spirits and for help and assistance, but in vain. So as a last resort, people tried to, after they appealed everything else, now they will appeal to God. So they came to God by constraint, not willingly. And if the danger should leave them, they would cease to call upon him. They will turn their back to God again. So they, as a last resort, they pray to God. Uh, and by experience, they knew 
that God of Israel is more powerful than any other God. Um, in Joshua, uh, in the, sorry, in the book of, of Joshua, yes, in the book of Joshua, Rehab, the adulteress, said to the two spies, we know that your God is the true God, and your God is powerful than any other so-called gods. And also in John chapter 1, when the storm was uh, powerful and the sailors could not overcome the storm, they went to Jonah and told him, pray to your Lord, because they know the God of Israel is powerful than any other God. And the name of God that he gave to Moses, Jehovah, uh, God of Israel, this name, Jehovah, was known to the surrounding nations. And why God did not answer them? Because there was no real sincerity in their calling upon God. As I said, if God delivered them from this hardship, they would turn their back again to God and uh, deny him. So there was no real regard, regard for his honor and his commands. Uh, that's why their cries were not heard by God and they perish. The enemy were beaten and dispersed so that they seemed driven as dust before the wind. You know when there's dust and wind comes and the, uh, the dust disperses all over? So that is actually how David described them in verse 42 when he said, Then I beat them as fine as the dust before the wind. I cast them out like dirt in the streets. So David said, because lack of their sincerity, God did not answer them. So actually I dispersed them like dust by wind or the dirt of the street. Then he comes to the conclusion in verse 43 by saying, you have delivered me from the strivings of the people. You have made me the head of the nations. A people I have not known shall serve me. You have delivered me from the strivings of the people. You have made me the head of the nations. A people I have, I have not known shall serve me. So while he is concluding this psalm, after he spoke about the past victories, now he is speaking how God established his throne, how God established his kingdom. So in verse 43, he sums up his past deliverances and anticipates new glories. So he said, God has delivered me from the strivings of those who were hostile to me, even among his own people, like Epsilon, his son. And also, he gave him victory over the Gentiles, the strangers. A people I have not known shall serve me. That these are the, the strangers for him. And David trusts that God in the future, 
he will do even more. But these words in verse 43 cannot be fulfilled on David. Actually, these verse are fulfilled by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So verse 43 is a prophecy about the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord Jesus Christ, according to the flesh, he is the son of David. And he has become king over all the Gentiles. Like us, we are Gentiles, we are not Jewish. But Jesus became our king because he is the king of kings. So, as if the Lord Jesus Christ saying to the Father, to God the Father, you have delivered me from the strivings of the people. Those who said, crucify him, crucify him, and attacked him during his ministry. You have made me the head of the nations, not only the head of the Jews, but the head of all nations, as he is the king of all Christians, from Jewish background or from non-Jewish background. A people I have not known, according to the flesh, because the Lord Jesus Christ was Jewish from the tribe of Judah. A people I have not known shall serve me, as now all the Christians from the whole world, they worship the Lord and they uh, serve him. So a people I have not known shall serve me, by whom are meant the Gentiles. In the Old Testament, the Gentiles were not considered the people of God. So the people of God in the Old Testament were only Israel. But now we are the people of God. So now he is speaking about the new covenant church, the church of the new covenant, the Christian. These nations heard about the Lord Jesus Christ when the apostles preached the whole world like when St. Mark went to Egypt and preached Christianity to them. That's why in verse 44, it says, as soon as they hear of me, they obey me. The Egyptians, Gentiles, as soon as heard Mark speaking about the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Trinity, they obeyed the Lord. The foreigners, we were foreigners, we were not the people of God in the Old Testament. Submit to me. Now he is our king, our savior, our lord. So, these nations, the Gentiles, when the gospel should come among them, and they be called by it, they should serve the Lord in righteousness and true holiness, with reverence and godly fear. Why? From a foundation of love in his name and strength, and to his glory. As we read in Isaiah 55, verse 4, Indeed, I have given him as a witness to the people, a leader and a commander to the people. It is a prophecy about the Lord Jesus Christ. As soon as they hear of me, they obey me. And these words fittingly describe the conversion of the Gentiles. Cornelius, as soon as heard about the Lord Jesus Christ, he believed in him, and he worshipped him. Uh, the Ethiopian eunuch, who was also a Gentile, Acts chapter 8, as soon as he heard of him, he obeyed him. The foreigners submit to me, meaning either the Gentiles, who were strangers to the covenant of promise, to the old covenant, 
the covenant of the Old Testament. Uh, now they submit to Christ and to his gospel. But the foreigners, as according to St. Augustine, the foreigners could refer to the non-repentant people, like the wicked and non-repentant Jews. Uh, although they were among the people of God and the children of the kingdom, but because they disobeyed the Lord and his commandment, they were called the children of the devil and made themselves foreigners to God. St. Augustine said, children not to be called mine, but rather strange children. <coughs> yes, they are my children among my people, but now they are strange children. Why? To whom it is rightly said, you are of your father the devil, because they lied unto God. They did not obey him. And you are of your father the devil. That's what actually the Lord in the Gospel of John said to the Jews who were opponent uh, uh, and contrary to him. So the Lord Jesus Christ wished to renew them with the new covenant, these wicked Jews, but they preferred the old man. That's why in, in John chapter 8, he told them, you are of your father, the devil. You are not my children. You became strangers to me. Then in verse 45, the foreigners fade away and come frightened from their hideouts. So those who remain foreigner to the Lord did not believe him, they will fade away. She shall wither and decay in their hopes and strengths. In all this, David as a symbol of Christ, he was a, temp, a type of Christ or a symbol of Christ, whom Christ, whom God the Father brought safely through his conflict with the power of darkness. Jesus getting conflict with the power of darkness with Satan and all his enemies. And the father made his son victorious over them and made his son to be head over all things to, the, to his church, which is his body. The foreigners fade away and comes frightened from their hideouts. Verse 46, The Lord lives. Blessed be my rock. Let the God of my salvation be exalted. So, this glorious and triumphant psalm conclude with a solemn ascription of praise, blessing, and thanksgiving to the Almighty God. Because as I said, David attributed all his victories to God. That's why he has to praise God and glorify him. God, and he only, is the true and living God. When he said, the Lord lives, means he is the only true God. He is the only living God. And God has manifested himself to be my comfort. Uh, but for my enemies, 
to their confusion. Other gods are false gods. They are dead, impotent, have no life, have no spirit. That's why our God is exalted above all other so-called gods who are not living. But the Lord lives has also a beautiful meaning, which means God, God's life was the source of our life. Those who believe in evolution, if you ask them what is the source of life, they don't have answer. They cannot explain what is the source of life because they deny God. But the fact is, the life of God is the source of our life. It was through God who had life in himself. God is the life. He is, has life in himself. Through God breathing into man the breath of life, that we became living soul. <clears throat> then he described God, my rock, Blessed be my rock. Uh, people used to hide behind huge rock. So rock is a symbol of refuge and protection. So when he said, blessed the Lord my rock, means God is my refuge, is my protection. God has saved me from my enemies. Let him be exalted. Let the God of my salvation who saved me be exalted. Let him be praised, be honored, be adored. Let his name be exalted above all false gods and idol gods, above all the creatures that he has made. Uh, so the desire here of David that the name of God might be made prominent, that all creatures might praise and honor him. Unfortunately now, people, they refuse to praise God. They deny him. They praise and, and exalt theories like evolution, and they deny that he's creator and the source of our life. Verse 47, It is God who avenges me and subdues the people under me. God has punished his enemies for all the wrongs which they had done to David. As uh, the Lord said, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. So vengeance only belongs to God. Don't avenge yourself. Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. And he repays it for and on behalf of his people. And he subdues the people he has subdued the nations so that they become obedient to him. Verse 48. He delivers me from my enemies. You also lift me up above those who rise against me. You have delivered me from the violent man. Uh, So you also lift me up above those who rise against me. 
so that I triumph over them. I triumph over them by lifting me up above by lifting me up, uh, up above those who rise against me so that I triumph over them. So instead of being subdued by them and trampled under their feet, I am exalted and they were humbled. Who is the violent man when he said he has delivered me from the violent man? Either he speaks about King Saul from whom David was delivered, or from Satan, the enemy, the son of wickedness, who shall no longer afflict the Messiah, if we take this psalm in a prophetic uh, tone. Verse 49, Therefore I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the Gentiles, and sing praises to your name. Verse 49, David is praising God for his deliverance and safety among his neighboring kingdoms. Many times the nations around David actually uh, attacked the kingdom of Israel and God gave deliverance to uh, David and victory. But this verse was quoted by St. Paul in Romans chapter 15 verse 9, when he spoke about how the new covenant church is open to the Gentiles. So he speaks in a prophetic way about Christ here. And St. Paul in Romans 15 quoted Psalm 18, also quoted Deuteronomy 32, verse 3, and quoted Psalm 117 as a proof that salvation not only to the Jews or confined only to the Jews, but to, to the whole world, Gentiles and Jews. So, therefore, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the Gentiles, means the whole world, Jews and Gentiles, they will glorify God and they will sing praises to your name. They will sing praises to your name. So David's celebrations of God's faithfulness to him is not to be limited within the narrow limbs of Israel. We cannot actually take this verse, verse 49, just how God delivered David from his enemies, but it has a prophetic meaning about how actually God brought all the Gentiles to his knowledge. His praise is to be proclaimed among the nations which as they are brought under the dominion of his people, may eventually be brought to the knowledge of God, which happened from the early centuries of Christianity. So David was bound to offer prayer and praise and thanksgiving among them, to teach them by his example and lead them toward the worship of the true God. And this is our responsibility. This part of our evangelism when we give thanks to the Lord among the Gentiles, among the non-believers, among those who do not know God, and sing praises to your name. And by doing this, actually, we will be an example to others and teach them about the Lord God and lead them toward worshiping the true God. Last verse, 
in Psalm 18, verse 50, great deliverance he gives to his king and shows mercy to his anointed, to David and his descendants forevermore. So, David could say this with confidence, not only that God would give him deliverance, but more importantly, that he was his king. His king meaning what? Meaning David did not take the kingdom through any human being, but he received the kingdom from God. So he actually described himself as his kingdom. David had many opportunities to take the kingdom from King Saul. For example, when Saul was hiding in a cave, and David also in this cave, if David killed Saul, he would have the kingdom right then. But he refused to do this, because David did all that he could to make sure that he would not grab the kingdom or take the throne by his power. He waited and waited and waited until God gives him the kingdom. And God gave the kingdom to David in the fullness of time according to his economy. That's why David said, I am his king. I am appointed by God, not by voting of the people, not by nomination of the people, I am appointed by God. I am his king. David, therefore, had the blessed benefit of knowing that he was God's king, not one of his own making. He did not make himself king, but he received it from God. Uh, when David said great deliverance he gives to his king, the word king here refers to David and shows mercy to his anointed the word anointed also refers to David because Samuel anointed David to be king. So no doubt that David is intended by the word king and the word anointed. But the combination of, of, two, of two, king anointed, and his descendants forevermore, this cannot apply to David. His descendants forevermore cannot apply to David. So, the immediate mention of the descendant, which is to reign forever, carry this verse beyond the psalmist, beyond the David, and give the conclusion of the psalm to the Lord Jesus Christ. So, this verse actually is about the Lord Jesus Christ. Because the Lord Jesus Christ is the only one who will reign forever. And as we read in Isaiah, and of the increase of whose government and peace, there shall be no end. Also, Christ is called David in Hosea chapter 3, verse 5. And God actually called Jesus my king in Psalm 2. You are my son. Today I have begotten you and your kingdom shall have been in Psalm 2, verse 6.
I will de- yet I have set my king on my holy hill of Zion. Yet I have set my king on my holy hill of Zion. So the father said about the son, my king, and his kingdom shall have no end. So when we say great deliverance, he, the father, gave to his king, to Christ, and shows mercy to Christ, to David. David here represents Christ and his descendants forevermore. So great deliverance, God the Father gave and will give to Christ and to his church who are the descendants and his people. So descendants mere we the believers, the children of God. So God give us this deliverance forevermore. So in singing these verses, we must give God the glory of the triumphs of the Lord Jesus Christ and his church and of all the deliverances and advancement of the gospel. And also we encourage ourselves and we encourage one another with assurance that the church militant, the church on earth, will be triumphant. And also eternally we will be with God in the kingdom of heaven. This psalm is 50 verses. And as St. Augustine said, this psalm actually is a prophecy about the Lord Jesus Christ. So if you look back at the whole psalm, the whole psalm relates to the Lord Jesus Christ. And they suggest that verse 1 to 6 it spoke about the death of Christ. Verse 7 to 18, about his resurrection. Verse 19 to 27, about his exaltation. Verse 28 to 42, his victory. And verse 43 to 50, about his kingdom. So this son spoke about the Messiah in a prophetic way, his death, his resurrection, his exaltation, his victory, and his kingdom. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.